Listener Production. Welcome to the Motorsport Brief. It's Wednesday the 17th of January 2024. There's a big meet happening across the Tasman this weekend. A few legends from Oz are heading over to take part in it and have a bit of fun in some seriously cool old cars. To talk about it, we've got a first-timer coming on the pod. He's already got some special silverware of his own in the trophy cabinet and is relishing the opportunity to drive one of the cars his famous father had a soft spot for. Hi everybody, Greg Rust with you for this edition of the Rusty's Garage Shortcast. Some quick housekeeping. J-Mac, James McFadden came back on the pod last week, his third appearance. He's chasing the big one this weekend alongside a star-studded lineup. More than a hundred other competitors at Premier Speedway in Warrnambool, the grand annual Sprint Car Classic. Good luck to everyone chasing that special prize in both Speedway and Australian Motorsport for that matter. This Friday we'll drop our next feature episode with respected driver manager Greg Siddle. There's some terrific stories in that one from working with Larry Perkins in the early days in Europe to managing Nelson Piquet, how he helped bring Nicky Lauda to Australia in the 80s and Pee-wee's close ties with Mark Larkham and Sam Michael that he still has to this day. Both of those two, incidentally, Larkham and Michael, are already in our Rusty's Garage library. You might enjoy that. Keep an eye out for notifications when Siddle drops on Friday. Now, our guest today spoke to us just before jetting out to New Zealand. It was a nice night at his place. You can hear some birds chirping as he sat outside for the convo. And apologies for a little wind noise that may creep in too, but rather than try and make it all sound perfect, I just went with it. Incidentally, I promised Stephen Richards years ago that I wouldn't badger him about coming on for his full life story. He'll do that one day when he's ready. I've honoured that promise, so we're keeping things in this chat very much in the now. How's this? He'll be back behind the wheel of the Skyline GTSR this weekend that his dad, Jim Richards, used on the way to the 1990 Australian Touring Car Championship. I think Aaron Noonan, my buddy from the V8 Sleuth, said that there were wins at Amaru and Winton that year. It is a sweet-sounding six-cylinder and a car that preceded the Colt Classic, the GTR, Godzilla. It is one of a number of attractions in Topol this weekend. Richo will also reunite with a Larry Perkins-built Commodore. There's a Bathurst 24-hour car from Gary Rogers' collection coming. Jack Perkins is heading over too. He'll demonstrate, a bit of an icon, the 1993 Bathurst-winning Commodore that his dad drove that I think Jack's had uh, quite a hand in restoring too. Craig Lowndes is going to be there and much, much more. Greg Murphy as well. For this chat, though, it's the Bathurst winner, the five-time Bathurst winner, Stephen Richards. Hello, mate. Welcome to the show. Hello, my old mate Thruster. How are you, mate? It's great to see and hear you. How did this deal to go to Ta- uh, Aussie say Taupo? The correct pronunciation yeah. is Topo. How did it all come together and what appealed to you about it? Well, I've, I've been involved <laughs> with a bit of bit of Kiwi motor racing for a while now and 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 my old mate Murph's a bit involved in that stuff as well so I think it was just sort of a bit of a natural a natural thing you know it's an opportunity well for me I love it because I get to actually do do a bit of driving um but in in fantastic cars as well so I mean I'm I would just say where where do I sit at the moment I think I'm I think I'm semi-retired semi-retired but I I I must admit, mate, mm-hmm. I really miss I miss that competitive element. So anytime I can get a backside of a race car, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy. 
cool. I promised you I would keep this in the now and that one day down the track we'll do the Stephen Richards life and time. So we'll, we'll get to that in the in the years to come. So let's keep this in the now. Topor, um, uh, supercars are going there this year. It's great that it's, uh, it's returning to New Zealand. Great venue, but it's not a venue that is necessarily uh, foreign or new to you. You've, you've been there in relatively recent time when Clay did some racing, for example. What are, what are your impressions of the place? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a really good little track. Um, it's got a long straight. It's got, um, it's got some fast stuff, but it's got some, some quite tight stuff as well. So I think, I think from that sort of perspective, you know, the, the, the supercars now, the, the, the evolution of where they've gone with Gen 3, I think, um, it, look, it, it'll create it'll create a bit of opportunity. I'm sure there's there's plenty of places like the fast right hander, and I and I'll just quickly go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. About turn nine, the fast right hander onto the straight that heads back down to nine. the to the yes. bowl. Yeah, yep, yep. That'll you know that'll create some potential opportunities in the run in the run down to ten. Um, I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be great. The, the the other side to it is no one's been there. No one's been able to do any practice. There's a few guys that have probably done a few laps around there over the years in in other cars, like uh, uh, some of the guy. Actually, no one at the moment was involved in the NZ V8 Super Tourers back when they raced there. So, I I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. Aaron Love did some miles in a, in a in a car. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep, yep. So there you go. You might, it, it'll throw the cat amongst the pigeons, I'm sure. Definitely. Hey, th- this weekend, though, you get to walk down memory lane in a really cool manner in a car that had success in 1990 in the Australian Touring Car Championship, a car that was very close to your dad's heart. Tell yep. us a little bit about it and the chance to step behind the wheel of it again. Yeah, so dad, dad has owned, well, he did own the car for about 10 years and... Um, uh, recently, it, it was purchased by a good friend of his, Peter Sturgeon, who actually previously owned the the Group A six three five BMW that that has a really nice history itself, and it was a very special car. So, um, with Dad no longer doing the driving, he literally dangled the uh, dangled the keys, and he's thrown them thrown them my way. So, it's it, it it's been it's been nice. I, I up until driving the the, the Nissan the GTSR HR31 Skyline at Phillip Island uh, last year. I'd, I'd never, I'd never really driven any um, any of his Group A cars, and I think I'd only ever driven uh, a BMW M3 a couple of years ago at Hampton Downs. So, Dad, it, you know, Dad's driven a lot of cars, and and in particular that car is very special, means a lot to him because. It really set up the 1990 Touring Car Championship for him before, for the last two rounds, he moved mm. to the Nissan GDR. And, and really, up until that point, he was, he was I'm, I'm sure he was leading the championship on, his, on merit in that car. So for me, for me it is a, it, you know, it is, it's really, really close to the heart. And um, what an unbelievable car. Uh, it just, they're still, they're mm. a very, very simple car. No, um, no power steering, but but it, it, the, the way that the power comes on, you know, back in the back in the day, the Group A cars, they didn't have really complicated. You know, it was at the early 
early stages of, of um, electronic management systems and, and electronic ignition, fuel injection systems that all combined um, in, in one sort of brain within the car. And, and, the, and it, yeah, it's, it's good fun. When it comes on boost, you, you know about it. Murph spoke about um, driving it at, uh, at Phillip Island and, and, uh, or driving these cars. You, you did as well. Um, and he spoke about it so uh, fondly, Richo, about, about how cool it was to drive, the sound, the feel, um, and so on. I mean, I would imagine at the time you were a very, very young bloke when your dad was, was racing this thing. What, what, did it sort of, what sort of memories does it evoke, if, if at all? Yeah, you know, I, I, I was just about to, but so I was still go-kart racing and I was about to embark on my own sort of journey the following year mm. through Formula Ford. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, I, I've, 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 I've great memories, particularly from when Dad went from the, the Brock BMW team into Fred Gibson's Gibson Motorsport for, for 1989 in the, in the Nissans. And, and that was a car and it, <clears throat> excuse me for sure he was excited about he knew what was in the pipeline and what was probably going to turn up with the GDR for 1990 so I'm sure that <clears throat> you know that was one thing that excited him but I, I don't think they I don't think that they anticipated what they would actually be able to do with the car with the HR31 in 1990 now by the time they got it <clears throat> to 1990 it was pretty well refined it was um, it handled really well compared to the Sierra. The Sierra was the main competition, and and they they really got it working very very well, and to, to the point where you know on the on the low horsepower tracks, they were taking it to the Sierras. I think they won it uh, first round at Amaru. They took they had a win, and then um, and then at at uh, Winton. So I think what happened was, and maybe it was a Yokohama tyre thing as well. The fact of the matter was that that they actually got it using its tyres. It didn't have, it's still about 200 horsepower short of a, a Ford Sierra on, on full boost, but it looked after its tyres really well. And I think that's what helped wow. him helped him get that um, those early results. This Taupo Historic meeting's got a lot um, for uh, fans to be excited about. People in Australia will be able to watch the coverage and those in New Zealand we would encourage to, to come along to the event. Now, um, is, I don't think this is the only thing you're getting to drive though, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Actually, funny you say that. I've actually forgotten about it. My head's been so into um, get, getting the skyline over there. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. Like, you know, my, my I'd have to say some of my fondest memories in, in supercars are when I joined Larry Perkins' team in, in 2002. And, and we, at the time, I guess, I'll just bore you with some details, but Larry, for the first time in a long time, probably in 2001, it's really started to open his doors up to, to younger thinking and um, getting young guys on, on board. And I bought uh, my engineer who helped me out at, at, at Tickford Racing, Steve Henderson, and he was drawing and designing the car and he was working with um, Sean Hockey in the engine, t- engine department. And there was a really great group of young guys uh, that were working on that program through that period. And they actually had convinced Larry to do a fairly substantial um, step away from what, what a Perkins engineering car was. And Larry had given, pretty well given the engineers and the designers free reign to design this car based on what the best options were in terms of the design process through the through the um, CAD 3D system. So 
um, using finite analysis on on stiffness and all this thing. Anyway, the end result was was this chassis that that we're going to be driving. It was also the last car that Larry drove, the last um, V8 supercar, and um, we drove together at Bathurst in 2003. And, um, and look, it's it's got a lot of cool things. Larry unfortunately had a moment in practice, and he and he shortened the right hand side of it up by about four or five inches. There's a lot of work done by the guys overnight to get it back to scratch. And um, and there's a whole story, and I, and I know Larry's, I, I think Larry's told that story uh, around what was going on and why he was distracted and, and, mm. and how he come to have the crash. So bottom line is, it's a very, very cool car, one that I'm really close to, designed by a close friend of mine. Um, with a great group of young people, you know, I think during that period potentially a lot of the people that I'm still very good friends with in motor racing came from that time. And um, so the cars, the cars are quite special to me too. Excellent. And Jack Perkins will be there driving an earlier model car. I'm glad that you bring up Steve Henderson too. You retain really good ties with Steve to this day, do you not? Yeah, it's funny. We're, we're, we've, we've reconnected. I mean, we're, we're good mates anyway, but um, over the course of the journey, Steve, Steve left supercars. Mm. Uh, we, we, we worked together in three separate teams in supercars then he went and had his own autobahn store for about 10 years then when he finished his autobahn store he wanted to come back and play with race cars again so we got him engineering when we had our bmw m6 gt3 (laughs) program then we both moved to to team 18 steve was managing charlie's charlie schwerkolt's team and i came on board once i'd finished driving and now we work together at at essential caravans mate yeah so it's 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 great but you know He's a fantastic Love guy. It, he's, he's a car guy. I'm a car guy, you know, and, and we work together every day and uh, fully fully in uh, caravan caravan mode nowadays. Along the massive list of very cool cars that will be there this weekend uh, is also a little something from the Gary Rogers Motorsports stable from its time in the 24-hour. And you got to experience that race. And I reckon you shared a little story with me about how difficult it was to sleep at night because you'd you'd end up in the transporter, you'd kind of try and get a little bit of kip, but you'd hear it coming down the mountain, wouldn't you? And you well, would, that would keep you awake, and yeah. then you'd try and sleep again. Then by the time you'd <laughs> the the problem the problem was particularly the first year when there was only one of the cars, and I was driving as myself, Garth Tander, Cameron McConville, and Nathan Pretty, and. The car had done about 300 kilometres of testing prior to going to Bathurst for the 24 hours. So by no means were we convinced that we were going to have uh, a shed load of problems, but but the, the reality was it, it, it probably would. So what ended up happening, you were just happy every time the car came around. So, so you'd have your, you'd have your, generally you'd have your nighttime driving stint, then you'd be in the motorhome um, trying to wind down and then when the third driver was in, you would mm-hmm. become the reserve driver ready ready to go. So you'd have to be awake, but you couldn't sleep because, and the, the one unbelievable thing with the Monaro is the sound, the sound that it made with that seven liter, seven liter Chev. And you'd just, you'd be out, out the back asleep yep. in, the, in the paddock. It's, it's not come down, it's not come around. And then, and then all of a sudden you hear this, and it had come back again so it it, but let me tell you mate those that's a 
a really special part. I know, I know it's a special part of Murph's career too, but very special part of my career. Being involved in that program mm. when, when Holden were just, they were just charging, and so were Ford. So you know, both manufacturers, they were selling mm. the most cars of anyone in Australia. They were tipping in huge amounts of money into the sport. They were doing lots of cool promotional things with their with their models, and you know, alongside V8 supercars with Holden, they they pulled together this 24-hour program, and then went out and won it twice. And okay, you know, you hear what people say. Oh, they they did this and they did that. The reality was, they put a hell of a lot into Australian motorsport. They saw it. They saw an opportunity where they could remarket that Monaro brand, and get it back on the grid with you know, the mm-hmm. coolest lineup of of Holden drivers. Of the time, including the great man Brocky, uh, it, it, it was it was awesome. It was so good. It was just a, a, a weekend that'll you know that remains with you for life. We're going to sneak a quick break here on Rusty's Garage. More with Richo right after this. This is the Motorsport Brief back for 2024. We are already full gas. I reckon it's good for drivers to scratch the itch, as they say, and not go cold turkey in the latter part of their careers. Stephen Richards. Envy <laughs> is driving some special cars this weekend at the Topor Historic GP, and he's come on to talk about it. Let's continue the chat now. You get to hook up once again with a couple of blokes this weekend that you've won some Bathurst with. So you mentioned Murph before. Lowndes is going to be there as well, and you've chalked up some special wins with him, and you're Time together with those blokes in different cars has yielded some very special results. So nice to hook up with both of them again this weekend. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, we're we're. I think we've always been pretty good mates. Our, our um, with Murph and and CL, you know, our, our our journeys, our pathways have aligned the whole the whole way. Really, you know, we 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 all started around the same time. We we shared that era. We've we've all got kids of similar ages. So, you know, we we catch up and talk about it. I think that was a beauty when I was driving with Lounsey at Bathurst. As much of the conversation during the weekend, and it was probably good because it took a bit of the edge off what was going on. But you know, we, we could talk about the kids and what they were up to, and mm. we could talk about what they were doing on weekends. And um, similar similar to Murph, you know, really we, we've kept that good connection. So, yeah, the, these sorts of events, in a lot of ways, they're as much about reconnecting with people on a on a on a different level. You know, when we were all competitive race car drivers, sometimes we all. We, we didn't necessarily always agree on certain situations, but, um, you know, we all remained really, really good friends, close friends. The event itself is also, uh, whilst it has a very strong historical component, it is, it is the season opener for the Castrol Toyota Formula Regional Oceania Championship, very special open wheel series in this part of the world. There are Aussies, mm-hmm. there are Kiwis, mm-hmm. there are Americans and, and uh, international races that come and play. Uh, what is you know effectively the off season of, yep. of motorsport, yep. but it's a great launch pad in in many respects. Clay, your son actually tested one in the last twelve months. I, I guess you'll be taking more than a little bit of interest in in this series and what unfolds yep. this weekend at round ones uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, it, it's it's been it's been proven you know that that this this series in New Zealand has has captured a lot of the the current crop of talent that that's racing in formula one so i mean you know what a, what a great mm. situation to have where when you're going through a european winter or a u.s winter that you can jump down to the southern hemisphere in a in a in a fully recognized fia category 
and, and get some runs on the board before you start your season um, coming into the European and American summer. So, you know, what's been created and, and the team, the Toyota guys down there, we, you know, we've been involved with the TGR uh, New Zealand series um, last year. And, and they're, they're a great group of people, really well run, so professionally done and um, lots of really good, good people working on it. And, and yeah, we, because of that reason, when we were sort of seeking out for Clay what the future held, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, value for money to put him in one of those cars for a day and, and work with the likes of the, the Toyota technical personnel there at Hampton Downs, it, it was great. So I'm really looking forward to seeing, A, you know, I, I'm, I, I follow all the, the, the TGRNZ socials. I've seen the, <clears throat> the level of drivers that are coming over. I'm really looking forward to taking that in. You mentioned, you know, there about Clay having the test and so on. I, I don't know what you can uh, share, Richo, about his 2024 plans. What can we hopefully see him doing um, this year? Because he had the chance to uh, race in TCR on occasion last year and he's done some great stuff in Toyota 86. What does 2024 hold, if you can share that? Yeah, look, it's still a, it's very much a work in progress. We, we, we decided to, to, you know, take in the, you know, try, try and shoot for the stars and see, see where we end up. You know, young racing car drivers, just, it's a reality around the world mm. that finding the money is really, really um, challenging. And, and we've had a great group of partners through the, the, the Toyota Gazoo Racing Australia series for uh, the last three years. And we got to a point at the end of last year where really, you know, we're shooting for the championship for Clay and, and we didn't quite get there, but he had some outstanding results, had some wins, pole positions, all that sort of thing. Um, look, it really, to be honest, Rusty, it, 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 it comes down to how much budget that we, we can secure. You know, we're, mm. we're, 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 you know, there's no question, we're aiming for Super 2, that, that's, that's what we want to do. Um, but we're not there yet and mm-hmm. we're still working hard on that program um, but we've got plenty of great options and, and I would not be I, I just think the quality of racing and competition is so good in the Toyota Gazoo Racing Series around our, our mm. world at the moment that you know if, if it ends up we're back doing mm. Toyota Gazoo Racing that's not going to be a bad thing because it's really helped Clay's ability to go racing and in a competitive environment where you've got um, a quality over performance in the vehicles. So we'll wait and see, mate. But yeah, look, we, you know, mm. we're, we're looking at Super 2. For people listening that um, may be contemplating something like that, you won't find a, a more professional um, outfit to, to get involved with. So we hope that goes well, particularly for, um, for Clay, mate. We know, like anything, um, you'll be on the, on the spanners there. A couple to finish, <laughs> if you don't mind. Just turning our attention to, to supercars for a second. I, um, I worked on the, the Summer Grill series for, for Speed Cafe um, again, and Roland Dane said to us in a recent episode that he, in his view in his kind of 2024 wish list if you like he thought it would be a good idea for supercars to continue uh some of their domestic parity testing runway style testing that they've done perhaps in conjunction with the the things they've been doing abroad in wind tunnels and so on and i think for memory made in that conversation he suggested you he said uh, you know a really good neutral person with good technical nous that could could drive both cars um, and offer the the kind of fair feedback would be yep. you if that sort of role did become um available would that be something uh, of interest to you oh absolutely mate that i mean that sort of thing and i and i didn't know that but that that's right up my alley like my whole mm. 
I guess motor racing career, I'm I'm very much a, an on the spanners sort of sort of guy, even through you know the years at Larry's and that sort of mm. thing. So yeah, I'd be 100 percent up 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 for that. I was very lucky um, to be offered the opportunity in 2022 to 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 drive the two Gen 3 cars up at Bathurst, and it gave me a pretty good sense for for where they were heading and and how how far down the track in terms of development that they that they had come. So. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, if that was if that was ever an opportunity, I'd I'd, I'd certainly take it up. Finally, a it's very hard to say prediction when we don't no cars have hit the track yet. We don't know what everyone's going to be like for twenty twenty four. But based on some of the things you saw and that we learnt, the variety of winners that we saw, the kind of reemergence of Ford even at the end of yep. the year, what sort of stuff do you think we might expect in twenty twenty four for for supercars? Well, I, the the biggest one for me is, um, and and I'm I'm not getting involved in the parity debate at all. But but clearly, when when one manufacturer, and it doesn't matter whether it's only a couple of teams in a in a in a two manufacturer series, you've got to be seen to have a quality. Now, supercars do a great job with all of the all the, the the parity performance and the review triggers and and all of that sort of thing. But I think what you're going to see this year is a is a more equal platform. To, to me, it's the emergence of, of of Grove Racing. I really think that they they are going to be a bit of a force. Uh, you know, I, I, I do keep my ear to the ground quite mm-hmm. closely with Couchy and and Grant McPherson because I've worked with them both before um, on, mm-hmm. on multiple occasions. And I just think you know this sport is so so technically tough. That that in year one you're always potentially going to get and and, I, and it's not no discredit to anyone but you you are going to find a team that hits that sweet spot before the other teams do because they can't go and test a great deal now they can't they can't um, they can't simulate as much as they used to their 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 tools in the toolbox are less so it's harder for the teams when they're they're literally testing at race meetings on different street circuits fast circuits different types of venues um so i think i think the mustangs are going to be more competitive i really do think that the grove i mean you know matt payne's result late in the year at adelaide that's a that's a bit of an eye-opener i think you know people people will uh learn Mm -hmm. to know who matt payne is a lot more this year um and then you'll have you know there's no question that erebus barry he's a he's a passionate guy he'll want to come out with Brody and and um and you know jack lebrock this year and really get get amongst it again and prove to everyone that it wasn't it it, it was it don't get me wrong it wasn't a fluke but there are probably people are yeah probably people around that think it may have been so triple eight will be there um will now go into triple i mean it, it there's so many storylines mate to be honest it's it's fantastic I, I love it i still love the sport and love being involved mm. in it um but yeah it, it, it'll be great i think year two there'll be a lot there a lot, lot more quality expectations there'll be more winners there'll be a few more young blokes like thomas randall may get his first win this year um cam waters is itching for a championship you know you can go down the go all the way down the list and see a reason why and how mm. people are going to put Tickford going back to two cars. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be a, a great year. We love it, mate. We love the fact that you're still oozing passion and that you will bring that to the racetrack in Topol this weekend. Enjoy, enjoy, rather, driving some of those seriously cool cars. Good luck hooking up with your mates. We know there'll be a lot of laughs, a lot of ribbing and so yeah. on. It'll be the fans that will win maybe, there. Maybe a couple of beers. Yes, anyway, we'll <laughs> definitely have those. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. Enjoyed it. Awesome. Can't wait. 
Aussie audiences will be able to catch it all on Fox this weekend. We hope to see as many Kiwis at the new home of the NZ Supercars event. That's coming up in April as well. Topor, the adventure playground in the centre of the North Island. Beautiful place. All part of round two of the Super Sprint Motorsport New Zealand Championship. It also marks the start of the Formula Regional Oceania Championship, which over the past decade has unearthed some stars. Drivers that are now in F1, like Lando Norris, Liam Lawson, Lance Stroll and more. Just before we go today, a couple of big stories have dropped in the past 24 hours on the admin side of the sport. David Tunnicliffe leaving the head of broadcast role at Supercars and Nathan Prendergast, who you can find in our Rusty's Garage Library is making a return to the chair. We wish them both well, and I have no doubt that Tunners will turn up somewhere in an executive producer role in sport. He's a good human being. Hopefully, he keeps ties with motorsport too, because I know he genuinely loves it. Uh, I haven't spoken to Nath yet, so for those of you asking, I don't know what it means for the brilliant work that he's been doing on the drag racing coverage. If there is some freedom for him with supercars to stay involved on the drag racing side over summer. Um, Fans uh, of that sport will really enjoy the little win there. And best of luck to a colleague and friend, Michael Smith from Motorsport Australia, who's announced that he's heading overseas after a long tenure with MA. Um, That's all happening after the Formula One Grand Prix in Melbourne. He's going to take up a position still within the sport, but on the other side of the equator. Go well there, MS. That is it for today. We're hoping to get Rico Abreu on the show before he heads back to the US after his awesome summer of sprint car racing here in Oz. No guarantees, but we're asking for you. We'll catch you next week, everybody. Bye for now.